2: Tom Bernard Show with
3: co-host Catherine Brandt.
2: Andy Brandt Bernard. Mike Molina. And the newly announced grandfather, Rafa Bash the hackmaster
1: magnificent i think we'll be right back kick
4: things off tom bernard show michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest well basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap
1: Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to Walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Oh, harsh elevator reference!
1: Ow! Too yeah. soon, elevator reference. What ele- did something
0: happen in China?
1: No, something happened in Prince. What? His fentanyl <laughs> levels were incredibly oh, high.
3: Yeah, I saw Doc, that. let's so hear about. elevator. As, a, as opposed up. to
2: you and me, who are our fentanyl levels are non-existent. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Well, so, fentanyl levels are basically like you know. They're either zero or dead. That's it? Almost. Unless you're an anesthesiologist, those are the two options.
3: I heard that they're going to demand that dentists don't even give it out anymore.
0: Why would dentists need give to give fentanyl? fentanyl? They're giving yeah, out fentanyl? I that's, that's giving, too much. Maybe
3: for uh, oral surgery or something? I've, had, I've
0: had many root canals, and usually they don't give me anything. They just say, deal with it.
3: Oh. <laughs> Well, what fent- kind of dentist, <laughs> right? It's true.
2: Yeah, fentanyl. Is, you can prescribe it as a fentanyl patch, but yeah, but that is so unusual. That that's for uh, terminally yeah. ill patients that you want to give them some relief from bone pain or some such sort of thing like that. But the only thing I could f- think of
0: would be uh, patients with like liver damage. You wouldn't want to give them Vicodin. Yeah,
2: or well, you but, but that's you, you, pretty you, rare. You can give them oxycodone plain without the tylenol. So yeah, you, you can give them the narcotic, but it's just. Fentanyl, you know, I don't see that they ain't getting it prescribed unless they're getting patches. Someone's prescribing a thousand patches, and I would think uh-huh. that there would be some red flag if you're prescribing fentanyl patches. I mean, it's just it's a weird drug. I've used them in the past. And I stopped because of the risks. Geez, so stupid.
1: I would agree with. Now I have a question for you, Doc. How do they know because of such high fentanyl levels that it was an accident or if it was a suicide? They
2: don't. You don't. You don't. Poor guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, how would
2: you know? Who knows? And no one's, done no, really one's going know. to know. You know, I don't, I well, don't think... Well,
5: probably from the location of the body, though. I mean, would he have left himself in an elevator? Well, he we could Probably.
0: Could've.
2: We could've uh, I don't know. <laughs> left himself in an elevator?
0: Who knows? Well, what he could have done was taken it and uh, been like, oh, I survived. So he got up and, you know, went somewhere, and then uh, it kicked in. Yeah. Wouldn't or it, it
3: be pretty common for someone who is taking a, just a ton of drugs like that that they just would be kind of high and maybe just add a couple because they're...
0: What's the problem is they add a couple, they don't yeah. feel anything, so they add a couple more, but then it turns out it was just a delayed response. Right. And then so it could be accidental ODs it's all the time, no, I'm guessing.
2: No different than uh, edible uh, marijuana. You know, you uh, have one and say, oh, it doesn't happen. You have another one. Oh, geez, nothing's right, happening here. Right. Then, you know, you get into the fourth one. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're catatonic. You're you're locked in your head. Mm. You can't get out because you've had too much. And that's, Andy, you're right. That's exactly right. Oh, I didn't, I don't feel, I don't feel high. I don't get the high, man. I don't get my high. So mm-hmm. they keep at it. And then all of a sudden, oh, geez, I'm not breathing. Huh. It's, it's, it's a so horrible, horrible thing. And that's exactly right. He, he got too much. Or if it was a – so he says, I'm ending this. I'm out of here. You know, he, he, he takes a bunch of this stuff, thinking he's going to die, and he goes, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I changed my mind. I like the high. I changed my mind. He's trying Whoops. to get away. Get to the phone. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, At that point,
0: ironically, the only thing that could have saved him would be something like cocaine. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, He probably didn't know that.
3: <laughs> you have to have an emergency vial. You know? <laughs> well, the reason I ask that
1: question is, uh, uh, insurance companies, I mean, if he had life insurance, how would the insurance company know if they should pay out or not?
0: I think with Prince, that kind of money is irrelevant.
1: Oh, but I mean, for for, for anybody, yeah. how do they? if they can't tell if you killed yourself or it was an accident, where does that put the insurance company as far as life insurance is concerned?
0: Yeah. I think a lot of life insurance companies say if you are a drug addict then the contract is invalid or something like that oh really it's like you know going out of your way to do something that you think is going to kill you they're going to say well then he obviously was going to die you know hmm. by, by his own volition so the contract isn't valid because it's supposed to be for accidental death
2: mm-hmm. but if you drink too much yeah, and i mean you, it, you go 120 miles yeah. an hour down the freeway you wreck your car it's similar yeah. kind of uh, personal responsibility and the personal responsibility piece. I think's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I want to know. I mean, how, so, so basically do insurance companies spend most of their time fighting these, uh, life insurance cases because who the hell knows if you were being irresponsible, I, I have heard from other people. And the reason I even brought this up is I've heard from other people that after a certain time lapse, after you bought the life insurance, let's say a year or two or five years pass, all of a sudden they have to pay out no matter what happens because of the fact that you, you're you not going to buy life insurance five years and five years later go, oh, finally five years up so I can kill myself. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to do
2: that. Right. Right? That's right.
3: I don't, I'm sure they assign a, an investigator to yeah. each case to try to determine yeah. whether or not it is. No, mean, apparently- some of it's got to be pretty hard to figure out, though.
0: Overdose is excluded from most uh, insurance policies. So we, even if even, even it was an accident, they don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Oh, see. No risky behavior. Because I
3: mean, the scary it thing is, about Anna. that is, I mean, I know I've known people that have have, have had had uh, an oxycontin um, addiction, mm-hmm. and they're up to 10, 15 a day. Mm-hmm. How do you prove somebody is liver shredding right yeah, there? Yeah, but how do you prove that that isn't yeah or uh, that wouldn't be suicide if all of a sudden they just died from too many meds.
0: Well, the, the issue is no one needs 15 oxycodone.
3: They do sometimes because they become so accustomed to it. Yep. Their doctors bump it up.
0: Well, ahead. then in that case, you should take methadone and, you know... Yeah, but they're not. Lower the uh, tolerance.
3: I don't think they give methadone for pain management, do they? Well, yeah. they give it for um, sure. addiction. Well, it's, they- a, it's a it's a great well,
2: for- p- great drug because it lasts so oh. long. Lasts so long, but you don't you just don't get that you know mental that buzz. You don't get the rush with that, and you mm-hmm. know you know why would you take it then? That's the problem. But I mean, if you t- have
3: a record of your doctor giving you a ton of meds and knowing that you're taking a ton of them, then I guess they can't well, say but, that you're... But
0: the policies are just going to say if you take more than X of some drug a day, then it's void. That's just what they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that would make sense. Because that was one. I was wondering, with that kind of liability for a life insurance the size of one that Prince would... Or maybe yeah. he had so much money he didn't have any life insurance because yeah. he didn't yeah. need it. Yeah, what
0: right. kind of policy is going to matter when you already have that much? Yeah, that's yeah. true. So he probably didn't even have life insurance. I don't know what.
1: What do I know? That's all I'd say. God, I we're talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was now, but they were they were taking something like eighty two pills a day.
3: Oh my god!
5: And most of them were painkillers. It was eighty two a day. Well, I know they, Brett Butler at, on? at one point said I think she was up to twenty or thirty a day of Vicodin.
1: Oh yeah, right. Ooh. Yeah, and I think this was
5: Vicodin as well. Yeah.
3: Did you ever poop? <laughs> yeah, would you ever poop, that's true. That's a good question. That's the big forget, question. Forget the liver and
5: kidney functions. Catherine's just worried yeah. about the poop schedule.
3: Well, you're not gonna go. I just
5: I don't understand <laughs> most of the drug addictions. I, I had to walk myself through that as a teenager. I was like, all right, what are the pros and cons of these deals? Oh hallucinations. Mm-hmm. I might see snakes and spiders crawling out of my skin. Call me out. I have no mm-hmm. interest in that drug. Oh, this one can no. make your heart explode. I think I'll leave that one alone too. It just doesn't right, I don't right. I don't get it. And and the whole I've had oxy and I've had Vicodin for injuries throughout my entire life, but I never understood the addiction or the high to it. It
2: it and that's, that, that's, the, that's the screwy thing about all drugs and all chemicals is that everybody can have a different experience with right. them. Some people will take them and say, uh, no, well, for instance, uh, the incidence of cocaine addiction, say, mm-hmm. for people who use cocaine once might be, I'm guessing, 50%. And there's another 50% take it once or twice and go, do oh, this, I'm not going to bother with this, it's not worth it. Or they may recreationally use it when, you know, once a year, or two, twice a year. They might use it. Other people they use it once and my God, this is the best thing I have ever had. I'm, ha- I'm after, the- I'm all over this like a cheap suit, and that's the way it is. I mean, I, I had an experience with uh, taking legal methamphetamines once when I was in uh, medical school, and I took them, on, I took them to drive someplace, and I got there, I was disappointed. I had to stop driving. I go, wait a second, whoa, this is serious stuff. I got to stay away from this. Because it, it, there was this sort of element of feeling good or euphoria, and that euphoria is what people want. And that's why so many entertainers right. get euphoric. They get euphoric by acting, performing, and then they try, they're try. they trying to find that euphoria again when they're not working. That's where they run into problems because they never find it. And that's why this is a drug addiction.
1: Yeah, that would make total sense. I'm very, very lucky in that painkillers make me vomit. Yeah, they
3: make me sick. Why? Why would that happen? Oh, you just you just I literally
1: throw up if I take painkillers.
2: Your chemotactic mm-hmm. zone in your brain is sensitive to them, and it locks in there. And oh, this is coming out. This is not good stuff. You puke it. You puke it right up. Oh, I, that's the worst thing for narcotics. So,
1: well, it's kind of a good thing for narcotics because
5: I don't. I wouldn't yeah, take them because you're going to just throw up yeah, anyway. Me too. I <laughs> What's the do point?
1: It. Well, you're supposed yeah, to take the them point? with food and milk,
5: Tom, some of them. That'll help uh, ease the issue. So give it a try again. I'll food send you milk. out some of my illegal Vicodin I just bought. I mean... Sure. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> how do you get that Seriously. much Vicodin? How do you get right where you're, where you're at an right. addiction of 20 to 30 a That's day?
0: A, you... Really you know, good question. Why like are there's so
3: many pain clinics that are being shut down all over the well United there, States?
2: There's a lot of docs. There are some docs. It's sad to say that that's how they make a living. Oh, you want to need? Oh, here's your prescription. And then every month they really? come in for their prescription. You go to four or five, five four or five docs like that, and everybody knows who's doing it or who would do it for you. Right. You go to once a month or once every week. You go to every different person and get a different prescription. You go here to Walgreens and you go to CVS and you go to Target. Then you go to uh, Lunds. Whatever you're, you're filling these things in multiple stops. But the reality is is that that's tracked. I had to to sign up for some state uh, tracking uh, system. So if someone's writing that much Vicodin to the same person over and over and over again, there should be some sort of inquiry. Say, hey, Jim, uh, why is Jane getting so many of these Vicodin? Oh, well, because of this. Okay, well, that makes sense. They should have some sort of reporting, some sort of hassle associated with chronic prescription of these drugs. And then you buy them on the street. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you buy them on the street because they fall off the back of a truck
3: yeah you watch these uh medical dramas we we like to watch the good doctor we enjoy that show and every you know just the last episode was you know they found out that somebody had a was scamming for for pain meds because it was in the record and it's like well i don't know maybe hospitals have that information i'm not sure
2: yeah well or, you you see you see it all the time in the emergency room. Where people will come in and they'll say, "Say, hey, I got this back pain," and and people they've been in before and they have a record of it. But rather than spending you know five thousand dollars to work up this chronic back pain in the ER, they just give them the narcotics and send them out the door. Uh, Here's
1: you know. an amazing thing. I don't know if it's on uh, Netflix or on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon. Uh, could be Netflix though. It's called Take Your Pills. It's a documentary yeah. about college kids all throughout. I get, uh, certainly America and I think the world, that they get so much Adderall, so huge piles of Adderall, that they post on Twitter and Facebook that they have Adderall for sale, not realizing. Nice parents. Yeah, not realizing that they're dealing drugs openly. They don't even realize, they want to sell some of their extra Adderall, so they just post it on Twitter or Facebook.
0: College students aren't the brightest.
1: Can you believe that, though? No. Yeah, I've got like thirty Adderall to sell. What?
2: (laughs) What's wrong with you? At least, at least, at least uh, the illegitimate drug sellers have enough sense not to do that. Not to post it. Yes, on Instagram. (laughs) Instagram.
1: (laughs) What the
3: hell are you thinking? A lot of students use it for for studying.
1: That's what they said. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they said it's an.
0: Yeah, a lot of it's uh, very popular in the um, competitive gaming industry too because it heightens your reflexes and that kind of thing. Oh, keep. So the they're race. all of those. It's like, you Ralph's know, how every, is everyone, right in, everyone in sports is on steroids, while everyone in competitive gaming is on Adderall. That's, <laughs> it.
3: that's a sweeping generalization. Uh,
0: I don't know. I can attest to it, though, a personal experience. Like
5: Ralph, I used Adderall once in college, and that was enough. It was uh, wild. That was it? Yeah. Why? Uh, did, because did I wrote my term up? paper in, like, 90 minutes, and... It was an extended release pill. So yeah, yeah, that's right. So that made it worse because it was like two days of just staying up,
2: not having anything to do. Two
3: days? Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: God. Yep. The Adderall sounds, yeah. I don't know, I, I, I took good. it. I drove somewhere. I got to where I was going. I was angry that I had to get out of my car yep. and stop driving because I wasn't getting that stimulus and things like that. It's a, it's a, it is, a, it is <laughs> not a,
5: it's a bad, yeah. bad yeah. drug. Yep. Oof. I had nothing to do. I started cleaning yeah, people's nice. rooms in my fraternity. I was just like,
4: <laughs> you did. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Give that Something guy more do. Adderall. Right.
5: I'm bringing some Adderall <laughs> uh cook too. Br- bringing some Adderall brownies
2: for Mike next <laughs> week and then driving them to my place. <laughs> <laughs> so
5: why would
1: why would doctors prescribe all that Adderall to college kids?
2: money. Easy money, easy yeah. money. That's you know, terrible. oh, you have this problem. That's yeah. Terrible, but they should they should oh. follow it. And the FDA has the, op- the opportunity, and state organizations have the opportunity. The state pharmacy can fix that problem. They choose not to.
1: I agree. You're 100 percent right. They choose not to do it, and that's why it doesn't get that's done. Terrible. And we will be right back, Tom Bernard
4: Show.
1: I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so... I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic.
5: To stand
1: still. Oh, somebody's all sensitive today. <laughs> I'm very touchy right now. Rob, uh, well, give this guy some Adderall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good God. One might think Eagles of Death Metal frontman Jesse Hughes, who famously survived the 2015 attack on the Bataclan uh, in uh, Paris, would be a champion of the Parkland kids. One would be very wrong. The Guardian reports Hughes, who previously argued that France's tighter gun control laws didn't get in the way of the deaths of 89 concertgoers. He took to Instagram to comment on... Why do so many people call me during the show? I just don't understand. Just don't call me when I'm on the air. Yeah. That would be really nice if you didn't. Uh, in any case... One would be very wrong. The Guardian reports, uh, Hughes, who previously argued that France's tighter gun control laws didn't get in the way of the deaths of 89 concertgoers, took to Instagram to comment on the March for Our Lives protest. It notes three of his posts have since been taken down, but this one remains. A cartoon drawing of a woman saying, I turned in my gun to do my part in ending violence. A man replies that uh, he cut his genitals off to (laughs) stop rape.
3: Oh, man. That will stop him.
1: Jesse, that's a little harsh. Mm. Uh, Then comes Hugh's nearly 250 word caption, which refers to the student victims at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas several times. We're going to denigrate the memory and curse ourselves by exploiting the death of 16 of our fellow students for a few Facebook likes and some media attention. Then take multiple days off school playing hooky at the expense of 16 of your classmates. I can't, and then there's a word there I can't say. Uh, it might be funny if it wasn't so pathetic and disgusting. As a survivor of a mass shooting, I can tell you from firsthand experience that all you protesting and taking days off from school insult the memory of those who were killed. May every one of these disgusting, vile abusers of the dead live as long as possible so they could have the maximum amount of time to endure their shame and be cursed. I think Jesse's angry. He's a little worked wow. up. Yes. <laughs> some,
2: some people might say he's worked up a little bit. Whoa. Just
1: a little worked up, man. Uh, The Guardian notes one of his deleted posts shared an image doctored to show Emma Gonzalez tearing a copy of the Constitution in two. She was really ripping a gun range target, called her a survivor of nothing, lover of treason, and included the hashtags a lover of Satan and Second Amendment, among others. Another featured an image of a pro-Second Amendment patch and a caption that read in part, I feel the wall of security that the Constitution provides being taken down bit by bit. At NME, Jordan Bassett or Bassett writes that Hughes has previously put his most reductive and irresponsible comments down to PTSD, and acknowledges he we can't know what it's like to have seen the bloodshed he witnessed. Still, it's time to tune out and focus on the good that is occurring elsewhere. Um, I think it's the answer is somewhere in the middle, isn't it? Like it always is.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. In the Catherine made the point yesterday. Uh the government would love it if everyone were disarmed i i do understand having that opinion that uh, if nobody had a gun out there do you trust the government to to completely well
2: no it's impossible
1: (laughs) it's impossible
2: impossible. (laughs) we have we've had a war on drugs for how many years it has not worked not at all it's gotten worse and worse and worse and if you make guns illegal that increases their value exponentially and in the, in the trade, yeah, illegal does. trade of guns is going to go up and the illegal trade of other serious mass destruction, you know, mass injury weapons like RPGs. It's going to happen. It's going to those stuff will start rolling in. No, oh, I think I. it's – you know, I, I wish nobody had guns yet. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes absolute sense. It's just impossible. There's too many that are manufactured. It's impossible. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's that's absolutely impossible. I did not know this. We talked about it yesterday that, that Remington, the rifle company, the gun company, was sued by many of the families of Sandy Hook. How can you sue a gun that's manufacturer? I don't think not.
0: successfully.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know about successfully or not, but they have sued them. Yeah, yeah. And it costs a lot of money to defend yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, Remington filed yeah. bankruptcy because of it.
3: That's probably what they're trying to do exactly what they're trying to do
1: but i mean the problem is so if you if i get stabbed with a pair of scissors and i die then i'm gonna i'm gonna sue fisker yeah that's really
0: stupid
3: (laughs) you know what you could i guess if you didn't make your scissors so pointy
1: (laughs) your scissors are way too pointy (laughs) look i'm not trying to try to take any any sympathy away for those that horrible thing that went on at marjorie stoneman uh at all that's not what i'm saying at all but People always go way too far yes. with everything. Look, those kids went through hell, and it's very important to them. For all these people that are jumping on the bandwagon thinking that they feel the same way those kids do, no, you don't, because you didn't go through what they went through.
3: Well, don't you think that this is just, it's just like the war on terror. Yeah, mm-hmm. After 9-11 happened, everybody was up in arms and couldn't wait to go to war and figure out how to, you know, get revenge, basically, and uh, put a stop to it. It's the same thing. I think people are just fed up with these school shootings, and they're just doing anything they can because we don't feel like the government is doing anything to keep the students safe. So everybody is mad, and and they they want something to be done. And even if it's feel-good policies that might not actually do anything down the road, doing something feels better than doing nothing.
2: And this, unfortunately, uh, this is the season for student protests because they're pretty much well, done, it is, that's d- true. done with school. And, you know, in April, May, it's just a wonderful time to protest. And at the end of the school year, I fear this all just sort of goes away. It goes because the kids are out, they're out chasing each other around uh, uh, for social interactions during the summer. And this just will all just sort of evaporate and go away and people it will be forgotten.
5: What, what is the right answer, uh, though? I mean, you know, we put a lot of onus on yeah, the, on the yeah. government to come up with this, and everybody feels like they're not doing their job. Well, they talk about arming the teachers. That sets off a whole wave of, of anger. They talk about taking away guns. That sets off a whole wave of anger. They talk about armed security guards and and um, metal detectors, and that sets off another wave of anger of of privacy and uh, who's going to pay for it, and I'm a taxpayer, I already pay this, why do I have to pay for that? And then if we're buying these expensive um, machines for the schools, you know that's going to take money away from the school administration. So, I mean, that's where the real problem lies. I don't know that government is necessarily avoiding this. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they know the answer. And every time they try to come up with an answer, and and you talk about arming your your teachers – I don't know about you guys, but at my high school yeah. and in Roselle, Illinois, <laughs> no. Lake Park High School, there were about three or four teachers. I wouldn't want to have a gun on a good day. And, <laughs> no, uh, you know, that, that's what you have to have some real uh, uh, concern about as well.
2: You know, I-
3: Well, we have, what we have to make sure is that crazy people don't get guns. Or depressed people or anybody with anything going on. I'm sorry. Well, that's just how it has to be. So, I mean, one of the problems that we have failed administration problems from the United States stating that kids that are committing crimes aren't allowed to be prosecuted or or arrested or have it on their record anymore. And these kids are... They're crazy. They're well. I don't know if they're crazy, but they're apt Cruise to violence. Well, he is crazy, absolutely. And he got a gun. He had a he had a history of violence. He had a history of bad behavior. He was expelled, and still he was able to go buy a gun. This is the problem. People in my can't opinion. accept
0: that this was just uh, uh, the system failed and something bad happened because of it, and that's just you know life sucks sometimes. <laughs> They can't accept that that's a thing. Right? Right. They have to have a thing that they can fight.
3: We've had two hundred, over two hundred students killed in schools, right? Isn't that right? Mm, that's
5: exactly right. I wonder, many, I wonder how many people. And this isn't dismissing the importance of many. gun control, but how many people have we lost to texting and driving?
0: Oh, there you go. Right? Yeah, I that's mean that's the thing. You know, Public, I, I mean, mass shootings over the years barely even register in terms of like unfair death i guess you could call it
3: this is this is like a it's like a social contract you send you, you're supposed to educate your kids you're supposed to be able to send your kids to school mm-hmm. and expect them to return home at the end of the day they, you're supposed they're supposed to be safe in safe keeping
2: and
0: katherine say the same thing about driving though. that's right Thank you, driving Andy. kills Thank you. hundreds no. of times more there's, than any no. gun violence there's
3: no there's no contract saying that you no, you get behind a you you're, you're Car, well, there is a moral contract. No, the social Point contract is like, there is that yeah. when you
2: drive your car the person that's coming towards you is not supposed to be drunk and, and hit you head on that's the social contract and trust that you enter in there so there are many social but contracts. but it's
3: way more risky
2: w- w- yeah it's way more risky for drunk drivers but only because alcohol is illegal is illegal
3: well,
0: if we made alcohol Ill- illegal technically speaking if we're talking about guns versus alcohol Many, many more uh, accidental deaths would be when prevented. Mothers
3: Against Drunk Driving have, have said for decades, "Let's stop allowing people to get behind the wheel drunk. Let's just stop that."
0: Well, oh, but so why is society they don't really care about that, but they care about this thing that affects one one hundredth of the people? Because
3: here, I think here's people why people do care about it. When a
5: car accident happens from a drunk driver, it usually takes um, the effect on one or, or, or a few people. And it happens so regularly, we've grown a callous to the feeling, of, and, and the news doesn't even cover that. But when the gun yeah. goes off, right, I mean, you're going in and you're killing a bunch of innocent children. Um, so that's going to garner a lot more head- headlines. And unfortunately, the old adage is still in play, if it bleeds, it leads. And that's a, a, a mm. big story that will draw attention and draw ratings, so that's why news covers it the way they do.
2: And the, the, the number one group? The highest number of group who get killed by v- gun violence are old men who shoot themselves in the head. The second group are um, kids like in South Chicago who really need social programs to help them get beyond yeah. the problems there and they're, they're sen- and I really think a sense of desperation so you need psychiatric care for the old guys and you need uh, good social programs in these in these areas where children are at risk for gun violence and no one wants to address that no one wants to do anything about it. way more kids are killed in sh- Chicago than in these school shootings Every year. Well, yeah. And I wonder, yeah. you know, here's another I, a lot tragedy. Of people
3: do care, but what do you do?
5: You've, no. got, you've got all these veterans that are, like you're mentioning, Ralph, a lot of uh, elder uh, veterans that are committing suicide because they feel hopeless and lost. Yep. They're not even being taken care of by their government for the mental issues that they're dealing right. with. And they served right. our country, which is a travesty that, that they're so overlooked by things like this.
3: I I personally feel it's because we live in this you know age where anybody has any sort of problem you just throw a pill at them you just keep throwing pills down their gullets and hope that that's going to take care of them that talk therapy is a thing of the past.
0: You can't force someone to go to talk therapy. Is the thing.
3: Well, it helps a lot of people much more than just taking pills.
0: No, but most people would think I'm not going to go there. I'm not crazy. They're crazy. Thank and you. There well, you. They're going go. to take that's a
3: pill.
2: No, no, that's a point. They're not. That's the, that is a huge part of psychiatric
0: Oh, yeah, they care. don't take the
2: pills either. Yeah. It, uh, patient compliance is a huge problem, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's what we don't want to do anything about. That's why putting people in controlled environments where you have control and make sure certainly that they're p- compliant in a variety of ways in where they're safe is important. But we've taken that away. President Reagan said that we can't have people locked up like this. Personal freedoms trump uh, public safety, and that's kind of what you're seeing coming out now. Well, don't
3: you think that if Reagan hadn't hadn't done it, the ACLU would have eventually? Someone it would have happened. Yeah. They,
2: they may have, but not so. That's fine. So there's unintended consequences of this issue. So you're having gun violence. You have a huge homeless problem, which many of those are psychiatric issues, and no one wants to try to help people, and let's try to cure or help some of these things so we reduce the incidence of this, you know? You know, you have people that really have terrible psychiatric problems that are being victimized out on the street, and no one really cares. I'll step over them. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't care about these kids in South Chicago. And, you know, maybe it's because it's color. Maybe it is. Maybe it's because all these kids in South Chicago are all black. No one really cares. It's a horrible thing.
5: Maybe it's just the fact that what can we do, Ralph? I mean, you know, a lot of people are struggling just to get by on their own. What do I do to help the homeless crisis? I'm doing what I can do just to keep the roof over my head and food in my kids' stomachs.
2: So it, you know, it's the idea is that no, um, I'm terribly, dis- and I'm, I, I am, I'm so disillusioned with any kind of social programs or anything because no one wants to do anything to try to change anything. No. Everybody's afraid they're not going to get elected next time. Hey, take a tra- take a chance. Okay, you don't get elected. Oh, you made the wrong decision. Well, we make the wrong decisions sometimes. Be a big boy. You're still going to get your health care forever, and don't worry about that. You know, I, don't get me started. Let me start. I'm done. <laughs> don't uh, don't get me started. Too, too I, I'm <laughs> so I'm so fed up. The, the, the politicians have done nothing for so many things for so many years. It's there's been no meaningful that energy policy in the United true. States for 50 years. There's there's no action on whether it's gun control, any kind of social control, meaningful social programs. You know, no. Uh, what, what what are we? Oh oh, we're in Afghanistan. We got this booger on our finger called Afghanistan. We can't get out of that place. Oh, it's just a mess. <laughs> Wow, you sure you're not what Sicilian, you really there, Ralph? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's
1: gonna be. It, these are all very, very interesting points. No question about it. I, I have a question for everyone. To, uh, I, I want to ask you at the beginning of the next segment, because I, there's another. Culprit in all of this that I want to bring up. It's not a living culprit. Well, in a way, it kind of is, I guess. But we'll be right back in just a couple of seconds. I want to ask you all a question to kick off uh, part three of this hour. Right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM.
0: Thought she was Jim Dean for a day. Then I guess she had to crash. Valium would
1: have helped that patch. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side.
0: I said, hey, honey,
1: take a walk on the wild side. And the colored girls say,
0: I just love the fact that they still play that song on the radio
1: because Lou Reed says, and the and the colored girls say, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Kristen joins us. She just apparently ran on and on in her interview. Way to go!
3: <laughs> I'm busy. Okay, we it's are crazy day.
1: We uh, in the first two segments of this hour, we're talking about uh, uh, the Eagles of Death Metal uh, leader talking about uh, the kids at, at Marjorie Stoneman. It's been a pretty heavy subject. Talking about gun control. Talking about this that and the other we're talking about a lot of different things opioid addiction opioid addiction so um, i had a question to kick off this uh this segment so kristen i'd like to hear your opinion on it as well um we talked about controlling drugs we talked about controlling guns we talked about government programs that just don't work we talked about all these different things do you think that and i'm this is for everybody do you think that human beings are all smart enough and stable enough to be on the internet, particularly on social media. Do you think they're smart enough to do that? Do you think they're.
0: No, it they're, happened too fast. No, I
3: mean, that's a, that's a hard no. There's plenty of people that should stay away from social media because they don't have that filter uh-huh. of, you know what, step back from the keyboard. I'm really angry and upset. This is a really bad idea to tweet this. And this mm-hmm. is why people lose their jobs.
1: Yes, absolutely. All the time. See, so that's what I'm kind of wondering. How
0: I think if, Fawn is going to be the first generation who uh, naturally evolved to handle the Internet. Yeah, that's probably true. Because
3: it, Yeah, it's been there their whole lives. So yeah.
1: what I'm wondering is, do they get the, the, the people? Look, I'm sorry, but it's a fact. Uh, Dr. Basham can back me up on this. Two-thirds of the people on Earth cannot think beyond the level of a 12-year-old. That's a fact. Uh, people can argue it all they want. Then let's throw in the instability part of it. I don't know those numbers, uh, Doctor Basham. Do you happen to no, know? No, I don't. Uh, the, the percentage of people who are not mentally stable—well, everybody's I mean,
2: that's a huge threat. To us. We're all a little bit mentally unstable, but some are more than well, others, that's and, true. and some are more prone to acting out on those actions. You know, and it is a definite amount. But I don't know what those numbers are. also.
0: Very wary of declaring someone mentally unstable nowadays. They
1: are. That's very true. But I have seen things on. I don't uh, actually. Uh, Thursday. It'll be five years since I stopped drinking, and five years since I stopped going on the internet. <laughs> so there, there, there you go. Is
2: there a I, correlation? I, 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 yes.
1: If I were still drinking, and this is a truth, yes.
0: This is a true story.
1: If I were still drinking and I saw some of the things that that I see sent to me by listeners that were posted on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and I was still drinking, I... I would lose it. I really would. Some of the people saying things about people they don't even, if I don't like you, I'm going to attack your husband, your children, your grandchildren. I'm going to attack everybody I possibly can to hurt you as much as I possibly can. Why do people feel that's okay to do on social media? It's driving people insane.
3: Why do they want to do it? Why
1: do they want to do it? And exactly. Why do people like do I don't
3: do understand it? why they like say something negative and purposely tag the person. I'm yeah. like, if you need to say something negative, just write their name in. You don't have to tag them. They will purposely tag. It's so rude.
1: I agree. What were you saying, Doctor?
2: Yeah. Well, why do you give people the power? You know, okay, you yeah. said that. No, knock yourself out. I mean, it, so much of this stuff is insane. Yeah, no, you're right. You, 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 you're, you're being upset by something that is, you know, someone who is... You know, someone could be chemically altered when they're doing it. They could be drunk. They could be high. They, yes. God knows what. So,
1: Absolutely. But, but here's what I'm saying. If you're mentally unstable and you're seeing that on, on social media, it could push you over the edge. Yeah. You know, see, this is what I just I think for once in my life, I agree with China. The internet is not for everybody.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, I'm sorry, but China might have the right uh, the right call on that one. Yeah, she, no, you can't go on the internet. Sorry.
2: Thank you, Xi Jing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Xi
1: Jinping. <laughs> <Exactly>. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's, but seriously, Christy, we're talking about all these things that the gun control part of it the mental illness part of it, the the laws put in place now for people do not not having to answer for their huge, huge misdeeds. Uh, oh, you know, the, the, he, the kid had a rough life. And, you know what? I had a rough life when I was a kid. I didn't go around shooting people. I didn't harm people intentionally. Um, have, growing up poor and growing up with a rough life and growing up with a dad who, you know, was a pain in the ass and actually, you know, hit you and all that stuff it is not an excuse for you to do anything in other words put your big boy pants on and get over it a lot of us went through that stuff we don't go around hurting other people
3: yeah it's the same thing with being bullied it's like you know yeah. everybody's bullied aren't they unless mm-hmm. i mean it's just like, oh i was yeah i was yeah. bullied i mean most most girls i think are for sure it doesn't make it's not an excuse
1: I was never bullied because Andy Fisher was my friend, and he'd beat the hell out of him. <laughs> and Andy was about half my size, so there you go. You,
2: you know, it's, social interactions all throughout your life are all about developing coping skills for uh, contentious right. situations. And mm-hmm. you have to do that. And if you are enabled and not allowed to go through that process, and like winning and losing, it's important that you go through those things so that you can develop the coping skills and the understanding is to hey, I'm not, I you know, you know, I want to play football and I want to run a uh, fast like my buddy here, but I can't because I'm not mm-hmm. physically set up for that. You have to understand and you have to cope with that and deal with it. Right.
1: Exactly. Hundred percent the way I and, feel.
2: And I don't think I think social media may be allowing people are truncating that uh, developmental process. And maybe that's why we're having the problem.
1: The biggest lie that politicians tell, as far as I'm concerned, is, hey, we're all the same. No, we're not. We're not even close to being all the same. Stop lying to people and tell, oh, we're all the same. We're all alike. We're all in this together. No, we're not.
3: Well, in some ways we are.
1: No, we're not.
3: Sure we are. We all need certain things. Well, we
1: all need certain things. It doesn't mean we'll, we'll do what it takes to get them like work do things like that
3: well some people are willing to steal to get them
1: people right now (laughs) and i you know ralph you and i are around the same age yeah uh have you ever seen people so needy in your life as they are now everything is your fault nothing is my fault you always you make me feel unsafe and uncomfortable this is you it's your fault it's not my fault how i feel Yes. You know
3: why? It's because we gave soccer trophies for losing. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm telling right. you, you're right. You're super right. true. I you're totally right. believe it.
1: You're 100% well, once right, again, I will Christine.
3: say the, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, you're not developing coping skills.
1: Right. Okay. As a child,
3: that's that's the developmental – way to learn is to lose and have your feelings hurt and understand that you can have hurt feelings today and they can go away and you can figure out how to be happy even when you're sad it's just something you have to do
2: and no one wants to accept the fact that that uh liberal idea was unacceptable there's plenty of conservative ideas which have been unacceptable too and we no one wants to ferret those things out and admit it
3: that was a bad thing it doesn't
2: work just try something else you know just no, so you know he, he, just like the absolute uh, you know rock solid thing about gun control that's no that's not working so we have to have some sort of a compromise some sort of softening of, of of opinions and debate and try to talk about these and figure something out
1: all right so i'm going to read a quote and then you all get to guess whose quote it is all right you ready 85% of people on the planet are dumber than dog shit.
3: <laughs> I <laughs> think said I said that. that. <laughs> Tom Bernard said
5: that. Uh-oh. No.
1: Two two good guesses so far. Hillary Any other Clinton? Guesses? <laughs> no, not <Whoa>. Hillary
3: Clinton.
5: <laughs> Sean Penn. <laughs> Ooh, you know,
1: did you see him last night yes. on the Yes. Uh, oh, man. Show? Oh, my God, Sean. You better you better get some rest. Uh, uh, I can tell you. <laughs> You want to know who said eighty-five percent of the people on the planet are dumber than dog shit? Yeah. Yeah. Joe from Louisville, <laughs> 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 which I like. No, I mean that is that is a huge problem that we have. That we want everybody to be the same. We treat everybody that you can't do that. But do you know Some why? People I think need help others don't need help.
5: I think it, I think what it is is that we always. Um Go to extremes. Here was what should have been yes, handled. Yes. The reason, and, and I can tell you this from having been a father of, of multiple athletes. I think where the problem came from was people were trying to compensate for the horrible parents out there that are at the game screaming and yelling at their children like morons, oh, making their oh. kids feel bad, yelling at coaches, um, you know, for, for decisions that are being made, and they're like oh man this is scarring our kids because look th- these parents feel like their kid isn't going to get something we got to give everybody a little something so there's some ease for the child which i get the the principle of that but then we're not teaching the children that l- life is full of wins and losses and it's how you respond to the right. losses. It's the loss doesn't define who you are. It's getting back up, dusting yourself off, and getting back into the batter's box to take another swing. That's what defines you. And we don't we don't teach that. What we just do is we try to teach, hey, you know, it's okay. We're all okay. And it's okay to lose. Yep.
1: yep.
5: And it's not okay no, to lose. Right. It, it's really not. I mean you, you, you win a lot from losing because you learn what you did wrong. That's good. Right but but you shouldn't be just training people that it's okay to lose. You have to have that strive and that determination to get back into the game and try it again. And, and we're not teaching that there's any consequences for the actions of anybody anymore.
1: No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right about that. I, I just uh, I love to tell a story of Herbie Brooks' father, and David Brooks still tells a story. In the 1960 uh, Olympic hockey team, the United States Olympic uh, hockey team, Herbie Brooks, who became a legendary coach in hockey, unfortunately died very young, but uh, won the 1980 Olympics as the head coach of the uh, U.S. Olympic team. But the 1960 team won the gold medal as well. In 1960, they won the gold medal, and Herbie Brooks was the last guy cut from that team. He didn't make the team, he was the last guy cut. When the United States won the gold medal, his father, sitting on the couch with him, turned to him and said, I guess they cut the right guy, huh? man. Uh, but what did he learn from that? Dan the really?
3: dick. Dan, yeah. I will
1: show you <laughs> who got cut. I'll show you, did they cut the right guy? No, because 20 years later, I won the gold medal. My team won it because of my coaching. That's what it did yeah. for Herbie Brooks. Right? Right. That's the Didn't make him cower and go in the corner and weep. He said, oh, yeah, screw you. I, and I've told this before many times. When I was very, very young... Uh, the first time I did nights at a radio station, I had like a 20 share and I thought it was a really big deal. I was 19, 20 years old, something like that. I think it was 19, 20 maybe. So I'm just kicking everybody's ass at night and, and I'm just rolling and I'm a very big deal. So I quit that job and took a job across the street and I got crushed and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I realized, Hey, maybe it's not all me. Maybe, uh, You need a team around you as well. Losing was the best thing that ever happened to me in my career. Best thing. I'm not kidding you. I've gotten other breaks. I've gotten lucky. There's no question about it. But losing had a huge impact on me, and it was the best thing that ever happened to that 19, 20, 21-year-old kid. I'm just telling you, losing's good for you because it feels terrible. It feels really bad to lose, don't you think? Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
5: And that's why yeah, there needs I to be more know, learning examples happened. at that point, right? When yep. a, a good parent should yep. then step up and say, "Hey, Andy, it's okay. You guys lost. Let's go home and figure out how to do this." Not now. When we get home, you're going to give me ten more laps and you're going to and make the kids hate it, which a lot of parents do. <laughs> yeah. You know, they yep. they end up taking it out they like do. they're the drill yeah. sergeant. And if you t- if you made it a teaching and a learning moment, you know, and, and hey, I fall to that victimization myself because there's times that you know I, I react instead of of. Turning it into a learning situation, which is something I think if we all just started to take that responsibility of, hey, what did we just learn from this? Do you see the damage this can do, not just to you, but to the other people around you? And, you know, how can we maybe make this better next time? I think we'd we'd be in a better place right there. And that's simple turn of the screw kind of work.
1: It is indeed. Kristen, all of those fake Oscars you have at your house are going to have to go.
3: (laughs) Every last one, especially since I don't act. So this is a great idea for
1: me to have fake Oscars at my house. Yeah, fake Oscars at your house. Look at all these Oscars I won. Now you're going to have to get rid of them all, and you're going to have to come
0: clean. You know what's stupid about that? You can't give away your Oscar. No, you can't. You either keep it, or you give it back, give it back and then they destroy it. Those are the two options. Yep, it's it's like, why not? Like why can't yeah. you donate it to a museum or like give it to a friend or something? Why? You There's can not donate it, I think. You, long- yeah, you just can't no. make money off of it. Yeah, that's oh, you good. can put it away to
1: you a friend? You can put it in the
3: museum. It can yeah. be in a museum.
1: Kristen, thanks for the long work day. It was, it was a really tough <laughs> one, day, I know. All right. We'll talk to you next week.
3: You bet.
0: Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye, guys.
1: Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, entertainment reporter. We'll be right back. Part two in just a few minutes. Tom Bernard Show.